yoga is it's not just about being young it's not just for the young and and again there are some activities that i've done where literally while i'm doing the activity i think i'm too old for this and i <laughs> i don't think that about yoga i don't think i've had that thought about yoga i recently had the opportunity to chat with karak moranaga who is a master yoga teacher i've been studying with karak for the past nine months and in this podcast, I'm going to consider why I think yoga is an important part of my quest for longevity, my effort to live long and to live well, and then mix them with some of my discussion with Carrick so that we can get his perspective on yoga and the, the process of aging. I mean, I clearly think it's an important part of my positive aging process your mother takes yoga doesn't mm -hmm. she 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 takes a class from mm -hmm. you how do you see it being important for your mom for example here's what she'll tell you and i agree she just feels that it's important to continue moving just keep moving is what she tells me and that's right. what she tells all her friends she's 75 now uh she does yoga she she takes a class with me once a week for my mom it's it's all about just moving her body and, and staying active and maintaining her ability to bend forward, to maintain her ability to bend back. And for me, I'm at a point, I, I feel like I'm at an inflection point where I want to still do the things that I did 20 years ago. And some of the things I can, and some of the things are maybe not that appropriate for me to continue doing. And I have to think about backing off of some of those poses and some of those practices. But I still like to challenge myself and I don't rule anything out. So I, I don't have any poses at this point where I've said, where I've said, nope, I'm never doing that again. Mm -hmm. um, I'll just take a break from it for a while and, and maybe work back towards it. I love in the practice that no matter where I am, I feel like there's always room to grow and expand from where I am today into something tomorrow. It's never, the practice is never ending. And even for my mom who, you know, at 75, her practice has slowed down and we do a very mild practice together. She takes my class once a week, but we're still progressing her practice, even though her practice overall has slowed and is milder. We're still trying to maintain, if not expand, we're still trying to expand her practice to, help her be a little more flexible tomorrow than she is today. And it might not be a lot, and, it, and it's maybe not going to get her back to where she was 10 years ago, but we can, we can work on being a little better tomorrow than, than we are today. I love that about the practice. There's always, there's always room to grow. There's always room to expand. It's, it's really never-ending. You bring up a number of things for me and, and Judith, you know, that we talk about one of the things that Judith says all the time is something to the effect of, I, I got to keep doing it so that I can keep doing it. You'd like our ramp analogy, you said, you know, it's like mm -hmm. if you if you stand still on a ramp, you slide backwards. Yeah. So you got to keep moving forward. I started taking regular yoga classes about six years ago when I was well, let's see, that would make me 66 or 67. 
Judith, my wife, who was a year younger than me, had started going to classes at a local studio about a year before, uh, just after we relocated to Los Angeles. She became quite dedicated to the practice of yoga. So I decided to take the plunge and tag along with her to the yoga classes for basically two reasons. Both of them relate to what MindRamp calls the cogwheels of brain health. These are eight behavioral areas that contribute to strong brains and sharp minds. One of the cogwheels is social engagement. Brains and minds are healthier when we participate in positive interactions with other people. So I wanted to find an activity that Judith and I could do together to reinforce our social connectedness. Judith was really into yoga, and I thought it would be good for me to participate in an activity that was important to Judith. And I hoped it would reinforce our social bonds, and it has. And, of course, going to the yoga studio got me out of the house and into contact with other yoga students and teachers and so on. Now, during the pandemic, we have been doing yoga online and are finding the social connections through virtual connections. We are, in other words, practicing physical distancing without suffering social distancing. The second main reason I decided to do yoga relates to the cogwheel of physical exercise and movement. There's no secret here. Bodies and minds are meant to move. We are healthier and happier when we explore and use our potential for movement and action. But more specifically, the science indicates that we get the deepest benefit when we engage in a variety of different types of exercise. The MindRamp method therefore focuses on five core aspects of movement. Aerobic exercise, strength, flexibility, alignment or posture, and balance. So I was getting my aerobic exercise by riding my bike in nearby Griffith Park, riding up a winding road that makes its way up to the Griffith Observatory. That gave my heart and respiration a great workout and strengthened my leg muscles. But I wasn't strengthening my upper body and wasn't doing anything for the flexibility, posture, and balance. But then I realized that yoga would exercise all of those aspects of physical exercise. So my physical exercise action plan involved riding my bike to get the aerobic exercise and doing yoga to work on upper body strength, flexibility, posture, and balance. I've also found, like in the five years, I think, that I've been doing yoga, I have gotten stronger. I know that mm -hmm. I'm stronger mm -hmm. now, and I'm able to do things that I never could do before. You know, it's exciting, you know, encouraging. And it, it affirms what I tell myself and what the science tells us is that our brains are constantly plastic and mm -hmm. constantly capable of growth. But it's nice when you can actually see that work out. And in a way, our bodies are... Our bodies are very resilient and, and and are capable of so much when we focus on them, no matter how old we are. And we can continue to move in some way. And I think it's also important that we have those wins, even if it's just maintenance from day to day, and even have an eye towards getting a little bit better. I, I think that that hope is really important for our own sanity, for our own mental health. Right. To not think that, oh gosh, it's all, you know, it's all downhill from here. That there's something to look forward to. And and I 
I know that that's part of the practice that really appeals to me is that there's there's always something to look forward to. I'm always getting better. And and again, when I go back to some other activities, uh, I'm not necessarily always going to get better at that activity. Um, but yoga has the potential. And, and again, it's not that my practice in my 50s is you know necessarily stronger than my practice when I was in my 30s. But my practice today or my practice tomorrow can be a little bit better than my practice today. And I love that. In some of the other podcasts, we've been talking about the field of creative aging, and that's folks who do different forms of art and creativity with older adults. And I was talking about uh, intergenerational dance companies, mm. uh, which are fascinating. And it's there's a recognition that an older body will not do what a younger body does, but it has its own quality. It mm. has its own sense of movement in space. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the what the the choreographic challenge is to use the uniqueness of an older body moving through space and find the aesthetic qualities of that and mix it with the younger ones. So I find that a useful way of thinking. And I would think it's probably true in yoga that or in almost anything that we may not be able to do exactly what we did when we were younger, but we bring a maturity, we bring life experience to it and mm -hmm. can find other ways of, of other forms of expression within the movement. And in yoga, it, there's a balance between skill and strength. And then skill comes with experience. Let's use Judith as an example. Judith can do things at 70 plus. Judith can do things that the 30 year olds can't. It's not because their bodies can't do it physically. The 30 year old physically has the strength and the whatever, the right. physical prowess to do it, but they don't have the knowledge. They don't have the skill. They don't have the experience to often do what Judith can do. And, and that's pretty amazing. It, if I have two students and which student's going to be easier to work with or easier to help, um, it's going to be the student with the experience who knows how to use the principles and they're going to be much more comfortable. They're going to be happier right. in their practice than the, I, I've had everyone from football players to dancers drop in in a class and they're obviously strong and healthy and things, <laughs> right. but they, wow, they struggle in their first yoga class in things that you could do very easily. I think that's really encouraging and hopeful and, and fun and yoga is, it's not just about being young. It's not just for the young. And, and again, there are some activities that I've done where literally while I'm doing the activity, I think I'm too old for this. And I, <laughs> I don't think that about yoga. I don't think I've had that thought about yoga. When mm -hmm. I, I'm not in a class thinking I'm too old for yoga. Well, some yoga classes give me the impression of it's almost like competitive yoga. You're, that's antithetical to the way I think of yoga, that there should be no competition. You're only competing with yourself. You're challenging yourself, but you're not comparing yourself to other people necessarily. Is that the way you look at it? One of the reasons that I continue to do yoga is because it's not competitive. I, I, I think it's one of the reasons that I've stuck with it for so long is I progress at my own pace. I don't have to try to be better than anyone. There's really not a comparison, not a one-to-one -one comparison between me and anyone else. And 
I hope that's how students perceive things in class. It's one of the things I love about doing yoga today on Zoom online is that there's less of the competitive nature of yoga because there's not someone right next to you to compare right. with and and think, oh, I'm not as good as this person or my back bend's not as deep or I can't hold the pose as long as this person. A lot of that goes away because you can't see the other people. So right. I like to say your ego gets checked at the, at the door uh, <laughs> when you're practicing online. Now that I've been practicing yoga for a while, I realize that the practice helps me improve a, a number of other cogwheels as well. For example, stress management. Our health and well-being is improved when we take advantage of positive stress to promote growth and development. And just as important, we need to learn how to avoid chronic, ongoing stress that contributes to a whole host of unhealthy conditions. Any exercise, like yoga and bike riding, do both of these things. They are somewhat challenging, and when we meet the challenge, we grow. This is what we call benign stress, stress that makes, makes you stronger. The stress of pedaling up a mountain or standing at a lunge signals the body and brain to send resources to the areas that are being stressed, making them stronger and better prepared for the next time. Sleep is another critically important cogwheel. One of the ways to improve the quality of our sleep is to exercise and reduce stress. They all work together. That's why we call them cogs. They are cogs in this complex system of our body and mind that interconnect and influence one another. And it turns out that yoga is a mental as well as a physical discipline. In fact, it's a great practice to reinforce or rediscover the connection between body and mind. We tend to think of brain and body, mind and matter as separate entities. But in a living human body, body and brain are inseparable. Yoga helps us to remember that connection and to honor it. We function much more efficiently and gracefully when body and brain are working in concert with one another rather than in opposition. Carrick and I address this connection between body and brain in a context of stability. It would be something like stability leads to freedom. It's one of the first themes that we're <laughs> taught as yoga teachers. Ability leads to freedom. We can talk about that in terms of life, right? Financial stability often leads to freedom. You, you have more time to spend with your grandchildren. You have more time to spend with your kids. You have time to go on vacation when you have financial stability. If you're unstable financially, then you're working all the time. You're, you're not in balance. And then on the mat, we can talk about stability being strengthening a pose, hugging your shins in, finding balance on one foot by hugging the muscles in. When you're more stable in a balanced pose, then you'll be willing to stretch more. You'll be willing to go farther. You'll be willing to express and open up in the pose. So stability leads to freedom. And then it's like a metaphor. The pose becomes a metaphor for life. Mm -hmm. Or the pose is a metaphor for the philosophy. 
And then stability leads to freedom. We can talk about not just in terms of like physical things, but also, you know, when we're more stable in our minds or, or emotionally, mm-hmm. and there's more freedom in our lives as well. So that is the big challenge is to then connect what we're doing physically on the mat to what we're thinking in our heads, to what we're feeling in our hearts. And then finally to, you know, that right brained expression of spirit connecting the body to spirit. The philosophy teaches us that it's all one body, mind, and spirit are one just in different expressions like the water. Um, You know, I don't get to say it all the time, but um, you and Judith are so important to me as students. And, and, you know, I I talk about, we talk about you all the time. EJ and I talk about you and Judith all the time. Um, You're so inspiring to us. And it's, it's really interesting because it goes along with the podcast. EJ is like 33, I think, maybe 32. And I'm turning 51 in a couple months. Um, And then you and Judith, I think are in your early seventies. Correct. Yeah. So I, I feel like I'm right smack in the middle of like <laughs> right. EJ and, and a lot of my yoga teacher friends and, and my young teachers that I've trained are in their thirties. And, you know, I've been practicing yoga for 20 years. So, you know, I'm, I'm half, I'm at the halfway point and I sort of straddle these two worlds of the youngsters and, and where I'm headed, like, uh, you know, 20 right. years from now for me. So it's, and, and you and Judith are like this, guiding north star for me that I'm, I'm following and so i'm just um and and for sure you two are like the, the top one percent when it comes to you know yoga and what you can do and and the way that you're taking care of yourselves so it's just really um inspiring for us you know the, the younger teachers and students so i hope you both know that i think you do but um i really appreciate your studentship and and all of that well thank you I do feel that from you, but it's also nice to hear it and have it articulated. And now I've got it on tape. Yeah, now you have it on tape. (laughs) Judith is so amazing, you know, her strength and her Mm -hmm. endurance. So she's an inspiration to me as well. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Um, Of course. uh, How could I refuse? I I had to do this for sure. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for listening. The MindRamp mission is to use brain and mind science to help people live long and live well. What we call qualongevity, that is longevity plus quality of life. All of our podcasts and writings explore different aspects of how we go about promoting longevity and quality of life. MindRamp helps individuals and organizations ramp up their brain power by developing and implementing qualongevity action plans. Our workshops and training programs give you the tools you need to protect and strengthen your brain. And our group or individual coaching sessions help you manage your minds to optimize their potential for efficiency, ease, and creative productivity. So go to the website, check us out, and then click on one of the contact buttons to schedule a conversation with us. We'd love to explore how we can support your desire to ramp up the strength of your brain and the power of your mind. All right, that's it for now. Live long and live well.